welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, February the 22nd. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's mercy and God's wonderful compassion today. Uh, With whatever is going on in your heart and in your life, may you be surrounded and embraced by that grace and goodness of God. Hey, before I start, want to just apologize. I have no idea what happened yesterday in the uh, recording that roundabout at uh, 1740, it's like, I don't know what happened. It's like the volume went to 11. This one went to 11. And, uh, and I didn't hit any switch. I don't know how to correct it. Somebody smarter than me, a producer, perhaps if I had one, would have been able to tone it down a bit, but it just went from talking normally to like shouting. Like all of a sudden, if I was texting you, everything was in capital letters. I apologize. I am hoping this one does not go that way. Maybe that's God's wonderful way of saying, Joe, your pods shouldn't go more than 17 minutes, 40 seconds, which is not a bad idea. Not a bad idea for all of us. Hey, today we celebrate a feast day, the feast of the chair of Peter. Now, you might be thinking, that's an odd feast. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that feast and how it is a wonderful feast. But here's the bad part, if I can say this. I mean, it's never bad to hear scripture, but you're going to hear a scripture verse that we heard last Thursday. Yup, you are. Now you're going to hear Matthew's version of it today. On a high feast day, and this is a high feast day for us, uh, we switch off of the regular readings, the sequential ones, So instead of going next to Mark chapter 9, whatever would have come later, we're going to now switch to Matthew chapter 16, which is Matthew's hinge. Remember, we heard Mark's hinge last Thursday. We're going to hear Matthew's hinge, which comes much later, Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19, a very familiar passage. But let's break it open together and see what we can learn from it, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven in heaven. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, because we're celebrating Peter today, it's probably best that we stop the gospel there, because had we gone on, we would have seen Peter's first trip up as Peter. (laughs) And we know what it is, because Mark didn't stop his gospel there last Thursday, right? That's the whole get thee behind me, Satan. But, um, Here, we're seeing something new. We're seeing something new. What is that? 
I'm sure this is a dumb question. None of us remember our baptism. I was going to say, do you remember your baptism? Well, of course not. If you have been uh, lucky enough to be a parent, um, I suspect you know this, um, that uh, the first question the, the priest or deacon asks you when you had this child baptized is, what name do you give this child? Right? I mean, they know the name. Goodness sakes, you've gone through baptismal prep. You, you, you scheduled the darn baptism, and you said we're going to baptize it. You have certificates made up. All this stuff is ready. But the naming of something is significant because it takes responsibility or it changes mission. Right? There's a reason the church and the church's wisdom invites us to take a confirmation name, a saint's name, for our confirmation because it sets out this new identity for us, this new mission, this new calling, this new direction. This is not the first time in Scripture that this would have happened, certainly, right? Y'all know that. I mean, um, I think the easy one that would come to mind is um, Jacob, right? Jacob wrestled the angel all night long. Oh, my goodness, could we do a reflection on that one, right? And, uh, and at the bottom, at the end, sorry, not the bottom, at the end of the, the night when morning dawned, and the uh, angel said, hey, I need to get out of here. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you leave without a blessing. And the, the guy blessed him and says, okay, your name is now Israel. And, uh, and, and that changes who and what he's about. And, and just this way, uh, Simon now becomes Peter, right? Brothers and sisters, the Catholic Church is so interesting in this way. Um, you know, we, we have these feasts, like the chair of Peter. You know, it's like, hey, we're celebrating the chair. We celebrate furniture today. Uh, tomorrow we're celebrating the uh, sink of Gretchen, you know. Um, <laughs> of course we're not celebrating furniture. We're celebrating what it points to. Just the same thing as when we celebrate St. John Lateran, right? We don't celebrate necessarily a building. We celebrate the fact that this was the coming of the church from being a persecuted one up into above ground, and it was the first church that was built and became the mother church for the church, capital T, capital C, right? Um, and so just as we celebrate St. John Lateran, that it points to something bigger, so here. We don't celebrate the chair any more than when the Pharisees say, you know, they sit on the chair of Moses, of course, they, you know, Moses didn't have a, a chair per se that, that was passed down through the generations. They sit on the teaching authority of Moses. That's what they, they meant when they were talking to Jesus about that. And, and here, we're talking about the succession and the teaching authority of Peter. That's what we celebrate. Now, okay, so why did Jesus change Peter's name? What significance does it have, and what does that mean for us? So we talked at length last week, and I won't go into it again, although there's more I could say because, as, as is always happens, as soon as I end a podcast, I'm like, why didn't I say A, B, and C? But I'm not going to bore you with that stuff now because I certainly had those thoughts last week too. However, so Jesus has the, the confidence 
and the courage to ask the question, who do people say that I am? Okay, let's turn that on you. Because really, that's the important thing here. Who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks for the group. Peter voices uh, with one voice and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon. Remember, his name is Simon at this point. Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter. Which, by the way, Peter means rock. Uh, And in Caesarea Philippi, they would have been at the base of a cliff. Rock would have been very present everywhere in this uh, situation. So I say to you, essentially, you are Peter. You are rock. And upon this rock, upon you, upon this uh, idea of, of your declaration of who I am, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. I mean, that's, let that last line sink in, brothers and sisters. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Why? Because God is stronger than the church, or God is stronger than the gates of hell. That's why. That's why. Um, and, and if God can work through an imperfect person like Peter, because my goodness is he, we all know that. And, and I'm not here to dance on Peter's grave by any, I mean, goodness sakes, uh, glass houses. Um, Peter is imperfect. And God can use an imperfect vehicle um, to bring about God's kingdom, God's great goodness, and, uh, and does in this case. And he says, I will give to you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you lose shall be loosed. Well, I mean, he didn't give Peter a key, per se. That's not, that's not what he's doing at all. But a key, of course, denotes succession. Um, there's a scripture, and I won't go back to it, in, uh, in the Jewish scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, where that same image is used to David, right? And that Davidic line, meaning the line of David. Remember, this, the Messiah had to come from the line of David, so they paid attention to that. But that was because the keys, whoever was going to be the Messiah, when they sat back on this throne of David, would carry this succession. And so what Jesus is talking about here is a line of succession, that he's saying, Peter, I'm inviting you to be the one uh, who, not, not, not the only one, but I'm inviting you to be the voice for uh, the church. And, and in a sense, that centering point, that grounding point, uh, the, the first among equals, if I can use that. He didn't say, okay, the other 11, you can all go home now. It's just Peter's role. That would be awful. That would be awful. That would be tantamount to us saying, bishops, priests, lay, everybody go home. Francis, you got it from here on out. No, of course we wouldn't do that. The work of the church is all of our work. But Peter is that first among equal, and we must listen to that voice. And that succession, of course, is that line of the papacy, unbroken, all the way from the time of Peter to the time of of currently now with Francis. And... um, And we celebrate that, brothers and sisters, for what it does. I mean, just as Peter was filled with wheat and weeds, so has the papacy been filled with wheat and weeds, the bark of the church. Um, But God has, you know, kept us moving on the ship and, and, and moving ever, well, 
I'll, I'll say ever closer. I, I, you know, I, I, who am I to, to make that judgment? But I do know that the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, the gates of the underworld will not prevail against it because God is stronger and God can work and does work through imperfect people and through imperfect institutions as the church. How do we know? What did this look like for Peter to be the first among equals? What did this look like for his mission that changed? Well, let's just look at a couple examples, okay? Some of these are off the top of my head. Some are not. Um, okay. Uh, gosh, yeah, Joe, good job. Let's give examples and then just sit and moan for a little bit about them. Uh, how about this? Um, Luke's Gospel. When... They're at, I want to say the Garden of Gethsemane. Gosh, good good research, Joe. When Jesus is praying the night before the Passion, and he says, Peter, Peter, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. But when you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. Right? Satan is asked to sift you. Why? Because you are the centering point. And if the center cannot hold, the rest will fall. Satan is asked to sift you like wheat, but when you return, when you come back and find your strength, strengthen the others. Point one. Point number two. On Easter Sunday morning, right? Mary Magdalene is seated outside the uh, temple. So think John's, or the outside the temple, outside the, the tomb. Uh, and think John's gospel. Uh, and, uh, and once she finally realizes that this is, uh, that this is Jesus, Jesus says to her, go and tell Peter and the others. Doesn't just say, go tell my brothers. Go tell Peter and the others. And, uh, and when we see Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved run out there, the disciple whom Jesus loved gets there first. Now, we could talk about that at length, too. Uh, but Peter does get there. But the disciple whom Jesus loved waits of respect for Peter the head of the church, to enter in first. Uh, we see in Acts of the Apostles, time and again, now this is Luke's writings, um, that on the Feast of Pentecost, right, when the coming of the Spirit happens, who is it that goes out and, and exhorts the crowd? Well, it's Peter, right? After the coming of the Spirit. Uh, who is it that uh, they line the, the streets so just as shadow falls on them and heals them? Peter's. Uh, who is it that speaks before the Sanhedrin when he and John are arrested? Well, it's Peter. Who is it at the Council of Jerusalem when Paul uh, is, is not brought before him in, in a bad way, but, but they needed to iron out some of this early church stuff? Who is it that makes the final decision? It's Peter, right? Um, who is it that ultimately, now and Paul gets the credit for this, uh, of that we are now ministering to Gentiles as well. But it's not just, uh, it was not actually Paul that first ministered to Gentiles. At first it was Peter uh, in chapter 10, if I'm correct in my mem memory, in the house of Cornelius, right? And then Paul takes that cue and does it with abandon, which is what Paul does. Praise God for Paul. Um, but, uh, but then Peter gets a little nervous, as Peter is wont to do and say, man, maybe we're offending some other people. And, uh, and they call Paul back for that council of Jerusalem to say, should we really be doing this? And Peter gets the courage at that point again to say, yeah, yeah, we should. 
and and again so that's what this this these keys denote that succession they denote the voice that whatever you loose on earth whatever you you uh uh bind i mean it's saying hey this voice is the first among equals we gotta you know i i'm i'm currently in the uh i live in the diocese of green bay and the um this is the church of green bay and the the bishop is david ricken he is the the uh, the one, the centering point within the Church of Green Bay. And were Francis to come here, um, Bishop Bricken is still the uh, the main voice in the Church of Green Bay. He doesn't lose that, uh, just as the other disciples didn't lose their voice. But it has to be in communion with the centering voice for the church at large, which is Francis. Uh, Bishop Ricken couldn't go his own direction. It has to be under the centering uh, voice of, of Pope Francis. And I just look in my lifetime, in, in recent history, the, the, the popes we've had, you know, Pope John XXIII uh, was only pope for five years, but, but changed the course of the church within that five years in setting the Second Vatican Council. Died uh, only after the first um, uh, the first series of meetings there in uh, in '62, he died in '63, and uh, and Pope Paul VI took over, and Paul was masterful, masterful in how he not only uh, maneuvered and managed the council, you know, talk about a weight on somebody's shoulders, but um, in how he tried to uh, run it out and and make it uh, alive in the life of the church, which is no small task. Uh, and then we have John Paul I, who I remember very little about him, and maybe you remember more than I, but just the September Pope in 78, and I just love to smile. That's what I remember about John Paul II, or first. John Paul II, of course, comes after one of the shortest papacies in the church and has one of the longest papacies in the church, and John Paul II is one of the great men, and I say capital G, capital M, uh, of our generation, right? Um the world is different because of, of John Paul II. And then we have Benedict XVI following him and, and uh, Francis following uh, Benedict. I mean, the, the, the not perfect men, brothers and sisters, none of them are. Peter wasn't. But we celebrate that oneness of church. We celebrate uh, that, uh, that, that line, that, that gift that was given by Jesus uh, in the church, able to work through imperfection and beauty and, uh, and intention and, uh, and celebrate the good people that have occupied that and thank God for them. So um, what do we learn from this today? Brothers and sisters, that, that God can and does work in and through the church. And yes, don't expect the church to be any more perfected today than it was 2,000 years ago, because it wasn't from the very outset. But let's make sure we thank God for the gift of the church and God's presence within it and the fact that God will not leave it and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let's pray. We continue through the luminous mysteries, brothers and sisters, as we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second luminous mystery, the wedding feast at Cana. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. On this feast of the chair of St. Peter, may you be well and be surrounded um, by the same very grace with which Peter walked. God's peace.